Hey, everybody. We're back. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Confrontation Millennial. I am Belle Mars. And I'm Nikki Ali. And it is Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) An unusual day for us to be in the library, but... Belle Mars is going on a date this weekend. She yeah. can't do it on a regular day. Well, of course, I'm going to be, well, going to um, the rodeo. Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge. And, of <laughs> course, I'm probably going to try and be there all day. So I'm excited about that. Going to get me, like, deep fried everything. Bought this twenty $50 coupon book. So hopefully we're going to go through all of them, like, deep fried like, dang it, what's it called? Oreo? Deep fried? Yeah, I'm gonna get deep fried Oreo, deep fried cheesecake, and maybe, like, either deep fried Twinkie or deep fried Snickers, uh-huh. and then there's the funnel cake, yeah. and then there's the turkey leg, and oh then there's God. the corn dog. Your arteries are gonna be so pissed to shoot. <laughs> oh, God. Well, but right now, I've been eating healthy, trying to avoid anything fast food, so i actually been lifting weights and mm. uh, drinking water. So. I'm trying to drink more water, but um, I forget. <laughs> Unless I have like a bottle full of water in front of me, I'm just all like, what's that? Water? The source of life? No. <laughs> so how has your week been so far? I mean, we can't talk about Friday, but... <laughs> so far, my week's been pretty good. Did a little bit of research on the... Myrtle's Plantation, quite haunted. I remember catching an episode about it on Ghost Adventures. So mm-hmm. it's quite an interesting story. And also I saw another story from the Digital Nova by Andrew Evans of National Geographic. So mm-hmm. probably might, if you have enough time, enough time, probably might read those two articles to you guys out there. Yay, fun ghost story time. My week has been good. We A new girl started at my job today. Mm-hmm. I mean, not today, Monday. But she really technically started today because like, she did not have anything that she needed. <laughs> and I was like, listen... Y'all need to get it together. Um, but all right, let's head into our uh, favorite segment of the good, the bad, and what do I want to name it? I always forget. Oh, the good, the bad, and your your white mama is acting ugly, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of white mama acting ugly, let's talk about oh, what's been in the news for the last three days. Well, um, besides Trump. Yes. Um so uh some some rich white people decided that it would be a super fun idea to pay out millions of dollars to this man who runs a what was it? Was it a fake um Well it was an admissions company. Yeah, the thing is company. I mean, yeah, usually at elite universities they usually like pay for building or pay for a library, but I think this just took to like an extra level. Like so yeah. there's a college admission scheme that's going on in the US. A mm-hmm. lot of people so Harvard, Yale, Yale. UCLA, uh-huh. USC, mm-hmm. um, UT Austin, mm-hmm. all these big universities are in hot water because like they say instead of doing a backdoor, this guy I think his last name is Singer. Yeah, his Zidane. name is uh, sorry, William Rick Singer, CEO of college admissions prep company called The Key. Yeah, so it's an extra slap in the face. Cause, so give you some background information about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Singer, he worked with the extra wealthy. I think 
in total, there's like at least 50 parents that paid over $25 mm-hmm. million dollars yes. to get them. So he has to get some students, falsify some stats about them, and actually connect them with like elite coaches, principals, and everyone to get students in. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, well, I already know you're rich, privileged, and stupid, but I'm going <laughs> to like make you even more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So what he does, like some students, they like Photoshop their faces. That's um, a ridiculous part to me. I'm like, would you do not think that somebody would eventually look at this and be like, this is funny. Why does your face not match your? <laughs> you're white and this black person playing basketball. <laughs> exactly. Like, but, like how is your body black but your head is white? <laughs> <laughs> but really, what's interesting about this that they use like um non um revenue sports. So like. Water polo, mm-hmm. tennis, mm-hmm. Um, rowing. Because I think one of the actresses who played Aunt Becky from Full House. Yeah, Lori Lawlin. Lawlin? Yeah, Whatever. Like, both her daughters got into USC, and they say they got in on a rowing scholarship. Okay. So, you know, female rowing. But no one really cares about that. So that's why they didn't look into it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And a good portion of those students... um didn't know about the emission scandal or if well didn't know or some of them are like loud and proud about it but majority of the students didn't know the parents did it and they also like changed their SAT scores Mm -hmm. so when someone turned it in they erased the answer and put in a higher one Mm -hmm. so and my personal feelings on it kind of pisses me the hell off because I'm thinking you already have everyone I mean one, white privilege. Right. Two, you come from a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Three, you come from the best high schools imaginable. Right. And it's like, instead of your parents, like, shelling out these millions of dollars for you to ca- just have tutoring, like, to actually give you the knowledge that you need to maybe not live under their, uh, under their roof for the rest of your life, they decide to just, like, pay all these people to basically let you into college. Like, and then what do they do after that? Do they pay the people to take your exams <laughs> in your classes? Like, what? <laughs> I don't understand. So, it's just... Yeah, God. I think another girl said, oh, yeah, I'm one of the top 50 tennis players in the nation. But I guess, really, a lot of people don't look because, like they said, it's a side joke. You're thinking, sure, whatever, it's tennis. No one really cares Nobody about cares. tennis. Nobody cares. Even though, like, why would you not care about tennis? Serena Williams is a BAMF. Like, <laughs> yeah, but true. But you can probably go pro without going to college. That's true. I mean, versus, like, basketball or football where, you know, they haven't double-checked that shit. Yeah, they do. They'd be like, okay, give me, do an audition right now. What? Um. So... Yeah, so they like they said like so they would come up with all these like crazy things like to trick the kids like into doing it like maybe like oh well they have to proctor your exam in this whole other state or oh no they can't like you know it was just hold on let me find some of the crazy yeah so the the two ways that he did it essentially was to cheat on the SAT or the ACT and then uh, use the connections with Division One coaches and um, use bribes to get these parents kids into school with fake athletic credentials, like you were saying. So, um, um, so they would have a third party, uh, Mark Riddle is his name, take the test secretly in the student's place and replace their responses with his own. Um, so, and then, of course, like, how did test administrators not know that this person was not whatever? Like, this is clearly a man. He can't sit in on a test for, like, a girl. Because people would notice that. They'd be like, aren't you supposed to be Carrie? You don't look like a girl. Right? Like, <laughs> so he would bribe test administrators. 
Um, yes. Um, and I remember some students at UCLA, one girl, when I was watching uh, CBS News saying, you know, here I am, I did community college, I worked two full-time jobs just to get here, and it's frustrating to her because, I mean, some um, person gets in and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, some person gets in because their parents have, like, money to probably pay for them to, yeah, like... Yeah, to go through this freaking side door loophole, and they, of course, get rejected. Right. Yeah, and I think it's it's just super funny to me, like, that, you know, these are the same people who, like, were pissed off about, like, um... What's the word I'm looking for? Affirmative um, action? Yeah, affirmative. Why do I keep forgetting that word? Um, like these are the same people who are pissed about affirmative action and like black and brown people taking all your spots in school. But bitch, we earned that shit. Like we actually took the test and passed them. Our mamas and daddies didn't pay for us to get in these schools because guess what? They ain't got that kind of money. Okay, so instead they put what little money they had towards our education, and now we're smart as hell. So we're smarter than your ass. And thing is, even though like black and brown. Some people, even though they do get that degree, they don't always have that upward mobility. Right. You know, that white people still have that, well, I'm going to say, still have that old boy network. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking, I may be make C's and D's, but at least I can go into this business or go into this oil company because my dad's part of it. Because I remember my sister used to, like, administer students and how they say, like, wow, you're dumb as shit. But, you know, her, his dad, since it's, like, old Miss, a lot of old money, people just go to or for big name for their dad's company or so. Right. So really the connection, and it's really sad how mm-hmm. some people like work hard, even get advanced degrees and get nothing back. Exactly. It's, it's hella frustrating. It makes me remember like when we were back in school and like my parents would not accept a C. Like the hell, they were barely okay with the B. Like to be perfectly honest, but it was like, listen, they like they told me like several times, you they're like you are not white, like you can't skirt by with C's. Like that's for like that mediocre shit is not gonna work for you. <laughs> like they're like you need to make be making B's and A's if you want to get anywhere in this world, and they're not wrong. So yeah, my dad was like hella militant. I uh, very much make straight A's. I was in AP classes. She was. I mean. <laughs> I, I was never in a class at Belinden High School. Oh, we did have Spanish together. Oh, yeah, Spanish. Like that was Spanish the one degree. thing. An elective. <laughs> well, I had to get by get on the Distinguished Achievement Plan, which means three years of Spanish. I don't want to do um, pre-AP Spanish because I know I'm not going to like make it through, but I did advanced Spanish, uh, AP Calculus, dual credit, and then uh-huh. I was also in charity. I remember yeah. applying towards State University, didn't get in. Right. See, even with all of those credentials, Belinda still didn't get into a like a university that would have benefited so much from her having <laughs> been there. This what is, is fine. I'm happy at the university I graduated at, and a lot of people love it. And hopefully, I might move on. But yeah, it does really piss me off. Like thinking, oh, black people who are dumb as hell just get into university. Bitch, thinking, nobody just lets us into anywhere. Okay, it, everybody knows that we have to fight just to get any inch of ground anywhere. So like what you're saying is nonsense, and nobody wants to hear it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um. Uh. They've been canceled. I think I heard that Lori. What's her name? Laura, whatever. Loudon or something. Loudon or whatever has been like, yeah, Lori Lowlin has like, like, lifetime has cut all ties with her. 
because of this, I think I heard. Um, and then Felicity Huffman, of course, from Desperate Housewives. Um, I don't really know exactly what's happened to her, but I'm sure um, she'll get some lenient-ass repercussions because they never get. Well, and then here's the responses. Actually, we should read the responses of the universities. So Stanford University has fired head sailing coach John Vandemore, who pleaded guilty Tuesday to a racketeering conspiracy. Mm -hmm. um, Wake Forest University has put its head volleyball coach Bill Ferguson on leave. He faces a charge of conspiracy to commit racketeering. University of Texas at Austin said Wednesday it dismissed men's tennis coach Michael Center a day after placing him on leave. Center is charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services mail fraud. I don't know the difference between those two. But Georgetown said it was deeply disappointed to learn former tennis coach Gordon Ernst is charged in the scheme, but said Ernst has not coached our tennis scene since 2017 following an internal investigation that found he had violated university rules concerning admissions. Um, Yale said it will continue cooperating with investigators after former women's soccer coach Rudolph Rudy Meredith was charged. And then UCLA um, has put men's soccer head coach Jorge Salcido on leave as he face, faces a charge of conspiracy to commit racketeering. So, and I think I also heard that a couple of them from now on were going to, um, they were not going to admit anybody who had like been in on the scheme and then they were going to take the appropriate actions, quote, air quotes, you can't see me making them, but I'm making them <laughs> to the kids who had already been admitted. So we'll see what happens to them. I'm sure somebody will come out. And one it. question, you think, should they revoke the admissions of the people, who were, the, the students that were accepted this way or not? Well, yeah, I mean, they they didn't earn their spot there. They, 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 like, cheated their way in. Like, if you keep them there, how are you going to justify? Because if you keep them there, somebody's going to know. Like, how are you going to justify keeping them there when they didn't earn their spot? Because, like, that's going to be, like, huge. Like, do you know, like, the riot that is going to break out? Like, if they keep those kids there with no repercussions? Well, and I guess to play devil's advocate here, mm -hmm. some people say, yes, keep them there. Because it wasn't really them that were part of the scheme. It was their parents who do, like, loopholes and say they're, like, part of the water polo team when they never even went in a pool which is fair their parents are at fault and they need to be fined appropriately but i feel like they should like i mean it depends i would also say it probably depends on how far they are in school like if they've been admitted and they haven't even started yet then i would be like okay would well, you have to retake your sats your acts if you know you cheated or you have to um you have to redo whatever you have to show us. You need a college, like a, a an athletic scholarship or whatever, or else you have to reapply. Like I, I get that that sucks, but your parents, like you, you have to like pay for it. Cause if you don't, then those universities are going to eat it. Like they're listen. Like, yeah, I do also think it also depends. Like they said, the scan probably been earliest. 2011. Yeah. So it also depends how far they in the career and what's their academic standing. Right. I think if you are going to you should be held to a higher standard. Right. Exactly. Um. So, I mean, if they've already graduated, there's nothing really that they can do. I think that I can think of like, can you can't can you revoke a diploma if they actually went through school and did the work? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can. So, I mean, at that point, you're just gonna have to eat it. But like, if they haven't started school yet or they just started school, like, you need to be like, okay, well, um, 
you can't just be here without a penalty. Like you got to think of something or you have to rework your admissions program. I think they also said that on the news like that. They were like, well, if it's so easy to gain the admissions programs at these colleges, then you need to rethink the admissions program at these colleges. Yeah. Which, like, let's be real. Like, I think Yale has less than a 7% rate of acceptance. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Like, why? Like, what is the yeah. reason even for Even UT, even though it's a public school, is pretty damn selective. If, yeah, like, I didn't apply to UT, because uh, why would I want to? But, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> freaking Aggies. Oh, <laughs> Wait, that's a Oh, yeah. Freaking Longhorns. <laughs> I get mixed up, because I don't care. Last <laughs> <laughs> me. I don't care. Um, so, like, yeah, no, they... Like, you, it's ridiculous. Like, why are you being so selective about who you allow in? Are you being selective because you actually want the best? Or are you being selective because you're discriminating against people? Yeah, because I'm thinking, because I remember The Daily Show was kind of making the joke that, yeah, keep them in there and let them know who is in there. So probably what their money's going to, like, the like if your last name is Sullivan, go to Sullivan Hall and this dude named Sullivan, you will know who not to, like, team up with when you have a group project. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's great. You need to diversify yourself, the hardworking person with some other people. Because I think also the point of university is also get diversity. Because mm-hmm. I remember I learned from my freshman year that I always buy the international version of the book because it's, one, it's way cheaper. Mm-hmm. The only thing expensive about it is, like, the shipping. But even with that, it's cheaper than like buy it locally. God, I always just rented all my books. So I'm like, what would I do with these later in life? Um, but let's move on um, past that to um, some black excellence of... Uh, no, I don't want to hear you right now, you nonsense. Oh, this is about the the woman getting swiped at by the jaguar. Sorry, that just started playing. My bad, y'all. But black jaguars, black excellence? Black ja- no, that's not, but we'll get to her. Because um, she is a female, by the way. Uh, no, we are going to get to Aretha first. So, um, yes, the Aretha Franklin tribute concert was on Saturday. I mean, Sunday. It was Sunday night. Um, uh, I saw part of it. Belmars didn't get to see it, but it was, uh, it was something, girl. Um, so I want to say, like, congratulations to all those people who came out and, like, honored Aretha. Um, J-Hud sang, like, four songs at the beginning, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's how you got it, though, girl? I think she's going to play her in a biopic. Um, so, which is cool, which is fine. I mean, she blew out the house. Um, and, uh, it was hosted by, um, um, Medea herself. <laughs> it was hosted by Medea. <laughs> Mostly because I forgot that man's name just now. Tyler Perry. It's all right. You know who the hell I'm talking about. Tyler Perry hosted, um, really he didn't do much, but he hosted. Um, so... They, uh, who did it? Okay, so it was Aretha Franklin. She was awesome. I mean, not Aretha Franklin. She's still, you know. <laughs> Oh, my God. My brain. It's after work. I can't think. Okay, so <laughs> it was Jennifer Hudson. She was amazing. Uh, John Legend got up there, played the piano, talked nice. about water over the bridge, and I was like, okay, John. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, Alicia Keys, uh, SZA. Um, who else was there? I'm trying to remember. Oh, her. Um, and if you don't know who her is, might be just saying her is H dot E dot R. Her. <laughs> um, uh, who else? Somebody missed. Oh, uh, Alessia Cara was there. Um, 
uh, the only white people that were there actually, well, no, there was some other white woman and I was like, who are you? But like the only <laughs> white woman I recognized was Celine Dion. Um, and, uh, gosh, what's the, what's her name? The happy one that talks too much on the voice. Um, uh, uh Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson was there. She did great. Like, and let me just say, they all did great. The only thing that pissed me off about this was the fact that Celine Dion got to sing um, Aretha's version of A Change Is Gonna Come. And if you don't know that song, it's very, very black. <laughs> very black. And I love Celine. Like, don't get me wrong. Love her. Great Canadian. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would recommend her. And amongst other Canadian, top 10 Canadian. But, like, she, her voice is not, like, soulful to me. There's several reasons why I didn't like it. Her voice is not soulful to me. It's more like, it's got some sass in it, but it's 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 still kind of like pop-ish to me, like 90s pop to me, like, you know? Yeah. She was like the queen of, well, I don't know if you call her the queen, but she was super popular back in the, back in the day. Um, and, but, and she sang it fine, but the song, like I said again, is like, it literally goes, I was born by the river in a little tent. That's the first couple of lines. And it's just like Celine Dion in like a, a fabulous dress singing that I, I was born by the river in a little tent. Is it kind of like how Madonna did Prince? Bro, I'm just saying like if you're if you're going to like you do like a big song like that as a tribute, like you could give it to anybody else. Like you couldn't call Beyonce. You couldn't call Solange. You couldn't call... <laughs> Um, I don't know, like, who else was there that could have done it? Alicia could have done it. I would have been fine with that. Jennifer Hudson. Bring Jennifer Hudson back on the damn stage and <laughs> let her do it. Why did you give it to Celine? Is all I'm asking. Like, I love, again, love her. Top 10 Canadians. <laughs> but you shouldn't have given her that song. It's about, like, a change coming for us. What change does Celine Dion need? Okay? <laughs> she... Doesn't she speak French? I don't remember, but she speaks French. She has a beautiful family and she's lovely. Okay. What change do you need, Celine? Do you need more diamonds in your dress? Maybe she wants to change genres. No. <laughs> Stay where you are, Celine. Stay where you're wanted and needed. I just, I didn't get it. And I was just kind of like, literally, you could have given that song to any like black person and I would have been way more okay with it than this but otherwise it was a really good performance well a black person can sing not yeah else. I mean no, so there's a black person you get what I'm saying but like I mean, you don't want to give it to Kanye I mean Kanye can go dig himself into a ditch um like don't give it to Kanye but Man, like I really feel sorry for Chicago I mean Chicago all, is just there's yeah even, because all your big stars are taking L's R. Kelly's taking an L yeah. Kanye West taking an L Julie Smollett's taking an L Smollett's, it's just it's not good for y'all right now you need to do some major renovation um but moving on um and more about uh white women just doing oh, the most also, I have something good. Oh, good so, news. Kim Kardashian. Oh, no. About Kim Kardashian? It's a good one. Oh, okay. Okay. So, she decided to pay five years of rent for an ex-inmate by the oh, name okay. of Matthew Charles. Okay. Is this a white man or a black man? Well, I'm not sure, but he has been since the 35 years behind bars on a nonviolent drug uh -huh. charge. Was free Stop. after 20 years. Okay, but pause. Like, let's talk about how this man was sentenced to 35 years for a nonviolent drug 
drug charge, but uh, but Manafort is only sentenced to four years because he stole a whole bunch of people's money. <laughs> that makes no sense, but whatever. I think, like, combined, he only has seven years that he's not going to serve, probably. It's just bullshit. Um, anyway, keep going. He's serving 35 years for non-violent drug charge, and Kim K came in and was like, hey, boy, hey. Yeah, it was freed after 20 years, making okay. the first person released on the First Step Act, a law that Kim Kardashian advocated for. Mm-hmm. So I guess, um, seeing how good she's doing, so he's been released in 2016 by mistake in order to return to prison last year, so I'm thinking, damn, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a black man. Woohoo! Black man. Yep. Look at him. Yeah, so, and I think also Kim Kardashian advocated for the release of uh, Grandma, Alice Marie Johnson, for nonviolent drug offense. So I'm thinking, okay, you can hate what her appropriating, but I do really like the fact that she is advocating for criminal justice reform, especially for nonviolent drug criminals. Oh, yeah, still don't like her as a person, but, you know, she can do good things. (laughs) So good on you, girl. Good on you. Speaking of women advocating for things, um, the um, the women's national soccer team wants their coins. Okay, <laughs> they want their coins. Okay, they said that they're tired of you not paying them as much money as the men, even though they are ten times better than the men. Let's let's remember this. They have won. Let me see. I don't want to say this wrong. They have won. I mean, the, the pay difference, or particularly apparent on the international level, $38 million. While the team that wins the women's tournament in France this year will share less than a quarter of that, $4 million. $4 million. The men will make $38 million in World Cup prize money, but women will only make $4 measly million. Dollars. Hmm. What kind of nonsense is this? Well, because women's soccer is not as popular as men's soccer. Yeah, but, like, like, shut up fake man that's coming out of Belinda's mouth hole (laughs) and listen to this okay they are um they suck the men don't don't play soccer as well as the women do the women have won I believe they've won the world cup twice the men haven't won the world cup for a while let me let me see let me just look this up because I'm google how many times has the women's international oh wait the national team sorry not national national team won the world cup yes that thanks google <laughs> four national the seven fifa women's world cup tournaments have been won by four national teams the current champion is the united states okay they have listen three titles how many times has the men won not that many not in recent years all I'm saying, but and yet they get pay raises, they get more money than the women, and this is simple. So they decided they have decided to sue the U.S. Uh, like the U.S. What the hell is their name? Belinda, help me. <laughs> like the women's soccer. No, the women's soccer team has decided to use, sue the U.S. What you call it? The um, like it's U.S. Soccer League. Or? Yeah, the soccer league. You know what I'm talking. I'm not good at sports. Um, it's a federal gender gender discrimination lawsuit seeking pay that is equitable of their male current counts. Um, yes. So they want their coins. They're tired. Oh, you, uh, United States soccer fans. Yes, that thing. They're suing them. 
And this is not the first time they've done it, because I'm pretty sure I heard about this recently, maybe a year ago, where they're like, oh, hey, give us our coins. And they sued them then. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing's been going on for quite some time. Because mm-hmm. I remember when, um, dang it, uh, what's his name? When he first started taking the knee, some of the women of the soccer team started taking the knee as well. Um, so, because they're saying, hey, we won more um games and yes. we get less reimbursement for yeah. games and like for personal expenses because you yeah. know guys get a lot more i'm thinking okay what about feminine products deodorant others yeah they received a they actually received a fifty five thousand dollar bonus um for making the world cup and the women only got fifteen thousand to share amongst all of them bitch uh, additionally, they had a two million bonus for qualifying, but the women only got three hundred thousand. Bitch. Um. <laughs> um. Exactly. Uh. Blah blah blah. So they filed a complaint in twenty sixteen first. Yes, with the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission that alleged wage discrimination by the federation. Um. Um, that the USSF had invested more than 3.5 million in the National Women's Soccer League, in addition to 3.545 million in salaries for women. Share. Where is it, bitch? <laughs> she said over the previous four years, the women's. Not, I don't want to see that. I like Denzel, but I don't want to see that. Stupid facts. Um, let's see. So they reach an agreement, but they're like, I still want more coins because, bitch, you're still paying for more. So basically, all I was trying to say with that is give the women their coins, okay, because they deserve their coins. Um, speaking of women but not getting coins because you'll never get a coin is the woman who got swiped at by a jaguar because at the zoo because she thought it would be a fantastic idea to just jump over the barrier. Hmm. To take a selfie of the jaguar, who was just minding its own damn business. Just minding its own damn business. It was in Arizona, by the way. The Arizona, then now she's apologizing, which she should, even though her stupid son got on the freaking telly on the television and was like, you should make the barrier higher, or bitch, you could read. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, why would you jump over just to get a selfie? I'm thinking it's kind of your damn fault for not realizing that these are jaguars are opportunists, um, hunters. Yeah, they're they like, don't care what you are. I'm thinking, there goes lunch. Yeah, she hopped over. They were like, oh, look at this snack. I'm about to snatch up. <laughs> so she took a bite, and she probably was like, mm, you're nasty, and spit her back out. And then when she started wailing and the jaguar was like, mm, I definitely don't want anything to do with you anymore. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, yeah, a woman who was in her 30s. God damn it, you're making us all look bad, you bitch. Um, <laughs> took a picture. Well, I think she's more so making herself look bad. Yeah, yeah, this is true. She made herself look stupid. But she did the thing. She's apologizing now, uh, which she should. And the zoo was like, we're not going to do shit to the jaguar. What did the jaguar do? <laughs> yeah, because people like, please don't euthanize the jaguar. Because many times, I guess, if they taste like people, they usually put them down. Because I remember it happened to the alligator that was in Florida that ate that one kid. 
And then Harambe, when you hurt that other kid. But God, they're not going to hurt the Jaguar. Exactly, because the, the lady was like, mm, it was her fault. Like, why would we? The Jaguar didn't do shit. Well, she didn't. So good on you. Let's move on. Um, did you know, speaking of more females, because it's National Women's Month, we're just talking about all the females. By the way, that Jaguar was a female. But did you know that female dragonflies play dead so that they won't have to have sex with men? Male dragonflies. <laughs> Yes, they will fall from the freaking sky and lie on their backs just so they don't have to have sex. Ladies, take <laughs> notes, okay? <laughs> if you don't want your men, let's play dead. Um, yeah, it's the um, the dragonfly moorland hawker or Ashuna junxia. I'm saying that wrong. But, um, typically, like, they'll go to this big open area, like a pond, and they'll be flying, minding their own damn business, and a male will snatch them up and be like, hey, girl, woo, time to have babies, and then fly off and let them take care of the babies by themselves, because <laughs> they're deadbeats and they should die. Um, so the women were like, enough of this shit. <laughs> so they would they will fall from the sky and lay on their backs so they do not have to have sex. Um and it's gorgeous. I love it. He said like a man like a a whatchamacallit, um what was his name? I'm sorry. A Rasim Khalifa, PhD student in the Department of Evolutionary Biology and Environmental Studies at the University of Zurich, actually discovered this. Like while he was you know, out studying dragonflies and the environment and whatnot. And he was like, what the fuck? Why do these dragonflies keep falling to the damn ground? And so this is how he discovered that they're faking their deaths so they don't have to have sex. And it works <laughs> most of the time. So good on you, female dragonflies. I will be taking notes. Um, uh, other than that, um, it's spring break. Everybody should be being careful out there. Yeah, you know, people like to drink, you know, turn up. Yeah, so CBS has some tips for you to not be dumb during spring break. It says don't be stupid in the ocean. Uh, protect your location and social media sites. Consider travel insurance. Create a code word to let your friends know that you're uncomfortable, which is fair. It's good. Don't drink in a hot tub. Yeah, don't do that. Before traveling, get up to date on your vaccines. Yeah, go get your vaccine. Yeah, because right now, please vaccinate your children yes. and please get vaccinated because, yes, I used to work for, well, I don't work for a big pharma company, but I did work in an environment where big pharma paid a lot of our bills. And are they suspicious? Yes. But I'm thinking, also taking consideration, um, you can die from the measles. You can get brain damage from the measles. So I'm thinking not getting vaccinated. And yes, uh, vaccines do have like side effects, but then so does a lot of other medicines. And you um, still take those, don't you, bitch? <laughs> All I'm saying is you. these are your options. Either you give your kid the vaccine or your kid dies. That's all I'm saying. Like, or if your kid doesn't die, you have the potential to kill other kids. So exactly. I'm really glad. I think it's a school in New York where judge say if your kids are not vaccinated, you can't go to school. Hell yeah. Bitch. And they say, well, that's really violating my religious beliefs. Well, guess what? You're violating my religious beliefs by bringing your snotty, diseased little minion into the school. 
okay? Keep your kid at home if you want to be dumb, all right? Continuing on, take a copy of your passport. Practice safe drinking. Tan safely. You don't need, don't, just don't tan at all. Leave it alone, bitch. Like, why do you want to be dark? <laughs> you know, some people just like that glow and don't yeah. like to be, like, pale. Listen, if you're white, just don't do it, okay? You're going to burn, <laughs> okay? Leave it alone. If you're, you've got some melanin, you know what to do. Um, Don't stay on the first floor. Yeah, don't do that. Carry phone numbers and cash. Um, yeah. And consider an alternative spring break. Like, I don't know, not going to the beach or doing community service or something that makes your parents happy. The CBS <laughs> said, like, stop being a hooligan. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Other things that are happening today. A lot of things are happening today. Today is both National Pie Day and White Day. In Japan. So in Japan. for those who don't know what White Day is, in Japan... So when Valentine's Day comes around, it's usually when the women give something to to men. So then, and White Day, men return the favor. Mm -hmm. I think that you give things like in white as well. Mm -hmm. Not sure why it's called White Day, but it's nice. Don't know. Well, they also have a Black Day, which is to celebrate how single you fucking are. <laughs> I think that's in April. <laughs> So, like, if you don't have a honey to give things back to, just celebrate Black Day with all the other singles. <laughs> um, yeah, Pie Day, of course, is 3.14, if you do not know. Um, and you eat pie today. That is all. <laughs> just, just eat some pie. Yeah, pie I think it's like certain places that like, give you discount for pizza and pies. I probably mm. pull lists for that. So I'm guessing it really depends what area you live in if they, like, are nerdy like that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I thought about making a pie today, but I was tired last night, so I didn't do it. Um, so let's see. Do we have any other news, Belmars? Any new news? Well, this one is a funny story Ooh. coming right out of China. Why are you saying China like it's a vagina? <laughs> it's China. It's China. Okay, go ahead. Good God, please stop. Okay, so a thief Went in and he saw this woman. He got her at knife point. Said, "Give me your money, bitch. So, I don't have any." So Miss <laughs> Lee, she was scared. Yeah, was, yeah, woman. Mm -hmm. And then she handed over her twenty two thousand five hundred yuan, which is Chinese dollars. Yeah. I translated. That's like three hundred seventy three U.S. dollars. Hmm. And the robber said, "Let me see the rest of your account." Okay. So then she showed him the account, and the balance was at zero. So then he had the chains of heart, and he turned back the money and leave. I mean, he got arrested afterwards. But, yeah, good job for having a conscience, uh, Chinese thief. Yeah, one person says, if he sees my bank account, he will cry and give me his own money and exactly. knife and jacket. Yes. He's a good man. He's a good man. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll probably do the same for me, thinking, damn, I Oh, we're not a poor girl. It's graduate. <laughs> oh, okay. Here. I'm sorry. Here's I mean, you some... should be robbing me. Exactly. Okay? See, I will. <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> Turn the tables, friends. Uh, all right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with ghost stories. Oh, so much fun. And we're back. Oh, hey. Yes. So. I like to dive a little bit in super natural in the Myrtle's plantation. Wait, let me turn the lights out. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I can't. <laughs> I guess it's the darkest is going to go. This is the darkest we're going to get. Okay, and maybe. 
So, what do you know about Myrtle's plantation? It's, uh, there was some slaves there. Uh, it's probably in Louisiana, am I right? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and it's probably haunted because everything in Louisiana is haunted. <laughs> yeah, because I remember talking to my sister. She said, I really don't believe in ghosts because there are ghosts. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of vengeful ghosts of Native Americans and African slaves. Yeah, but you don't bother us, though, because we are African in America. So the general overview is one of the most haunted places in America. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yes. And there have been um, an episode on Ghost Adventures on it. They said they got a full battery. Their camera equipment started malfunctioning, and like their batteries were just drained. Hmm. Spirits don't want to be seen. <laughs> so I guess we can probably go and get a little bit of background on Yes. The Myrtle Plantation was constructed by David Bradford in 1794. Sounds like an entitled-ass white man. Go on. <laughs> and <laughs> since that time, there's been likely been a scene of at least ten murders. Of course there has. But in reality, there's only one person ever murdered there, but they've always been stated already. Mm-hmm. Some of the people who owned the house never let the truth stand in the way of a good story. Mm-hmm. But we soon discover the plantation has an unusual history that did occur. Mm-hmm. One that may and might have left its own real ghosts behind. Ooh. So, David Bradford, he was just one of five kids, born in America to Irish immigrants. Of course he was. So, first generation American. So, in 1777, he purchased a tract of land in a small stone house near Washington County, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He became a successful attorney, businessman, and deputy attorney general for the county. First attempt to marry in an only day before his wedding. I mean, no details, no, but he later married met Elizabeth Porter in 1795 and started a family, so. <sighs> so I'm not sure what happened to his first fiance. She's dead. <laughs> or she ran away. Mm-hmm. Though his family grew and so his business, he needed to watch until he built a new one in the town of Washington. Mm-hmm. Well known region for its size and remarkable craftsmanship of a mahogany staircase. And woodwork imported from England. Maybe I have been transported from the East Coast and over the Pennsylvania mountains at Bradford. Bradford used a parlor and house as an office. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't enjoy his splendid house for long because in 1794 he was forced to flee, leaving his family behind. Bradford became involved in the infamous Whiskey Rebellion. Ooh. And legend has it that George Washington placed a price on the man's head for his role in the affair. Oh. Yeah, so the Whiskey Rebellion took place in western Pennsylvania and began as a series of grievances over high price and taxes forcing those who living along the frontier at that time. The complaints eventually erupted into violence when a mob attacked and burned down the home of a local tax collector. Mm-hmm. In the months that followed, residents resisted attacks that had been placed on whiskey, and while most of the pro- protests were nonviolent, Washington mobilized the militia and the protests uh, mobilized the militia and sent it to a suppress the rebellion. Once the protests were brought under control, Bradford left the region at the advice of some other principals in the affair. After leaving Washington, he went to Pittsburgh, leaving his family in safety, traveled down to Ohio River to the Mississippi. He eventually set up Bayou Center near what is now St. Francisville, Louisiana. Hmm. Bradford was no stranger to this area. He originally traveled there in 1792, mm-hmm. trying to take a land grants from Spain. When he returned in 1796, he purchased 600 acres of land in, in a year, built a modest eight-room home near Baton Rouge, and he named Laurel Grove. He mm-hmm. lived there until 1799, when he received a pardon for his role in the Whiskey Rebellion, for newly elected President John Adams, mm-hmm. who was given the pardon for assistance in Southern Boundary, known historically as the 
Ellicott line between Spain and the United States. Mm -hmm. After repeating his pardon, Bradford returned to Pennsylvania to bring his wife and five children back to Louisiana. Brought them back to live at the Bayou Sierra, and they settled into a comfortable life there. Bradford occasionally took in students who wanted to study law. One of them, Clark Woodruff, who not only earned a law degree, but also married his teacher's daughter, Sarah Mahilda. And he was born in Connecticut. He had no desire to follow in his father's footsteps as a farmer. He left Connecticut at the age of 19. So his fortune on the Mississippi River ended up in Bayou Sierra. He arrived in 1810, the same year that citizens of Feliciana Paris rose up and revolted against the Spanish garrison of Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. They overthrew the Spanish and set up a new territory with its capital being St. Francisville. The territory extended from the Mississippi River as far east as the Credo River near Mobile, Alabama. Ha <laughs> well, uh, that's where the Mardi Gras probably started. Anyway, go on. Still seeking to make his fortune, Woodruff placed an advertising St. Francisville newspaper, the Timepiece, in the summer of 1811. He informed the Pope that an academy would be open on the first Monday in September for reception of the students. He planned to offer English, grammar, astronomy, geography, exoclusion, composition, penmanship, Greek, and Latin. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess since, like, the 1800s, that's what you do. I mean, that's, like, a shit ton of homework. Exactly. No math, though. (laughs) But it was short-lived in 1814, because he joined Colonel Hyde's Cal Regiment to Felicia Parish right alongside Andrew Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. Woohoo, Battle of New Orleans. When the War of 1812 was ended, he returned to St. Francisville to study law and studies with Judge David Bradford. Oh, and sooner to degree, he succumbed to the charms of the Bradford daughter, the lovely Sarah Matilda. They reminds to blossom of the shade of the crepe myrtle trees that reportedly gave the home its last name. Wow. The young couple was married in November 9, 1817. For their honeymoon, Wilbur took his new bride to Hermitage, the Tennessee home of his friend, Andrew Jackson. Wow. These people just know a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> After death, David Bradford was managed the Warwick Grove for his mother-in-law, Elizabeth. He spent the holding of the plantation and planted about 650 acres of indigo and card. Together, he and Sarah had three children, Cornelia, Gale, James, and Mary Octavia. Tragically, their happiness would not last. <gasps> Are they all d- d- they all die? Tragically? Well, they murdered? Well, on July 21st, 1823, Sarah Matilda died after contracting contracting yellow fever. That's why you always give your kids vaccines. <laughs> the disease was so spread through a number of epidemics that swept through Louisiana in those days. Mm-hmm. Probably a family in the region went untouched by tragedy and despair. Although heartbroken, Woodruff continued to manage the plantation to take care of his children with the help from Elizabeth. But the dark days were not over. On July 15th, 1824, why, almost why a year later. It's happening in July. <laughs> I know, it's hot and things spread and it's That's humid. True. Mm, can't go Probably on. get from mosquitoes. Also died from yellow fever. And two months later, in September, Cornelia also felted by yellow fever. So all his children so, died. So his wife died of yellow fever and his son died of yellow fever. And then his other daughter died of yellow fever. But he managed to purchase the farm outright from his mother-in-law. She was the quite elderly at this time to see the place in good hands. She continued to live up well Grove with his grand, with her son-in-law and their granddaughter Octavia until her death in 1830, so like six years later. Hmm, okay. After Elizabeth died, Louis turned his attention away from farming to practice of law. He and Octavia moved away from Wellwood and left the on the management 
management of a caretaker. He was appointed to a judge position in District in Covington, Louisiana. He served this capacity until 1835, and he sold it at um, the Wall Grove to Rufflin Gray Sterling. Yes, but this time was living off the Ramford in New Orleans and changed the spelling of his last name to Woodruff. He dropped the two U O's and just made it a U. Hmm. Yeah. How German. <laughs> anyway, go on. He also been elected the president of public works for the city. During this period, Octavia sent to a finishing school in New Haven, Connecticut, but she returned home to live with her father in 1836. Mm -hmm. Two years later, she married Colonel Lorenzo Augustus Vicente Nacon and moved to his plantation in Oakland, five miles north of New Orleans. In 1840, Louisiana Governor Isaac Johnson appointed Woodruff to the newly created Office of Auditor of Public Works, and he served one term. Then, at 60 years of age, he retired and moved to the Oakland to live with Octavia and her husband. He devoted the remainder of his life to study of chemistry and physics and died in November 25, 1851. He was buried on the Gerard streets. Mm. But now, we hope we get to go more into the murder. All right, yeah. That so, was a long backstory. Okay, go yes, ahead. So the Sterlings were a wealthy family who owned several plantations on both sides of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So he, Rufflin Gray Sterling, and his wife, Mathleen Catherine Cobb, over the house, the land, the building, all the slaves been brought from Olivia Bradford by her son-in-law. So they had all the slaves and everything in this house. Yes. Since the Sterlings were the leaders in the community, they needed a house to be fitting of their social status they decided to remodel Royal Grove. Wow. So they had a broad central hallway in the Todd Sunday selection. The walls of the original house were removed, repositioned, create four large rooms that used as separate ladies and gentlemen's parlor, a formal dining room, and a game room. Trips to Europe to purchase the fine furnishings and part of skilled craftsmanship as well. A lot like pastors, so all of it. They just like bougie the shit out of it. Bougie the shit out of it. Yeah, they had higher searing, so the second store will have to be raised like one foot. They completed the project nearby, double the size of the Bradford House. The name of the plantation was officially changed to the Myrtles. And that's where it all went wrong. Yes. Four years later, Sterling died July 7th of consumption. Why does everybody keep dying in my month? <laughs> of tuberculosis was called at the time. See? He left fast holding to care of his wife, who must refer to as, to, as a remarkable woman. Many other plantations stated that she had the business equipment of a man, which was high praise for a woman those days. She managed to run all the farms single-handedly for many years. So I guess by modern standards, a woman that's good at business. Yeah, that's right. She's bad bitch, big bitch, and building. Yes, but in spite of this, the family is often visited by tragedy. Of nine children, only four of them lived old enough to marry. The oldest one, Lewis, died the same year as his father. Daughter Sarah, mother's husband, was murdered from the porch of the husband after the Civil War. Hmm. The war itself wrecked havoc on the murals in the Sterling family. Many of the family's personal belongings were looted and destroyed by Union soldiers. And the wealth that they accumulated ultimately worthless in Confederate currency. To make matters worse, Mary Coppin invested heavily in sugar plantations that had been Ravaged by war. She eventually lost all her property. Hmm. She never let the tragedy of the war and of that fall overcome her. However, she held on to the murders until her death until 1880. She was buried next to her husband in the Finley Plot and Grace Church in St. Francisville. Mm -hmm. Then she hired William Drew Winter, the husband of her daughter, to act as her agent in turn to help her manage things. 
So, so far, a lot of people died of natural causes. So, like, of tuberculosis. One person was murdered by um, civil war. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's what you get when you're a racist-ass white person. (laughs) They just owned it property and invested in sugar. Racist. Of Negroes. White people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not racist. I have a black maid in the house. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) That's why your ass died. (laughs) And so we move to another chapter. The murder of William Winter. Ooh. Did he die in winter? (laughs) Of course he did. He died in July, probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But he was murdered. I think most people die of natural causes in July, right? Okay, so it's not July's fault. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Oh, he died in January, so I yes, guess... Winter. Yes, winter. <laughs> winter died in winter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Like to tell a little bit, he was born to Captain Samuel Winter and Sarah Bowman on October 28, 1820, in Bath, Maine. Okay. I mean, we don't know much about his early life, but he did get married to Sarah Mufford Sterling, and they had six children. Mary, Sarah, Kate, Ruffin, William, and Francis. Wow, those are all basic-ass names. Go yes. on. Well, Kate, of course, as a basic-ass bitch, died of typhoid at age of three. Of course she did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he first lived at the Gantmore Plantation near Clinton, Louisiana, and then brought a plantation on the west side of Mississippi known as Aburroth. Hmm. Yeah, so the death, I'm guessing, of his brother-in-law after the Civil War was named as an agent and attorney by Mary Stone, helping with the remaining lands, Ingleside, Crest Park, Bonnie Bay, and the Myrtles. In return, Mary gave William the use of the Myrtles' as home. I mean, time were terrible, and Wedge was un- unable to hold on to it, but he'd been completely bankrupt, and he just sold it to the U.S. Marshal because, you know, can't handle money or shit. Yeah, you can't be like that badass bitch, Miss Sterling, who was running things. Anyway, go on. Yeah, but then for some reason, the property was sold back. Oh. Yeah, but they say they have no idea why the sudden property where they, like, bankrupt and they sold it back. But I'm thinking it's a reversal of fortune, so hey, hey, let's go. I mean, Toys R Us, bitches, like, they were bankrupt, and now they have things back. So, you know, yes. But then, around January... Tragedy stuff once again. So he was just winter was just teaching a Sunday school lesson in the gentleman's parlor of the house when he heard someone approach the door on horseback. Great sound effects. <laughs> okay, after the stranger called up, he said that he had some business with them. He went out to the side gallery of the house and was shot. <gasps> he collapsed on the porch and died. Those inside the house were stunned by the shot of gunfire, retreating hoofbeats. Hurried outside to find the fallen man. Winter died on January 26th and buried. Aww. Who did it? The reported man was named E.S. Weber. He was a stand trial for Winter's murder. But no outcome of the case was ever reported. As it now, Winter's killer remains unidentified. So he's and, uh, mad. <laughs> so as you can see, well, we can't really see on the poetry, but this is where he died and was shot on the portrait. Mmm. So, well, it's a nice place to live your spirit, I guess. Yeah, because the legend says that he got shot and went up to the 17th floor and died there. But other people say he just died on the porch. Hmm. But the reason why the legend stays because they hear once you go on the 17th step, you can hear his dying footsteps. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, we're going. 
Okay then, so after the death of Mary Cobb Sterling in 1880, the Myrtles were purchased by Stephen Sterling, one of her sons. Mm -hmm. He brought out his brothers, but retained murdership until like March 1886. I mean, they said he kind of like squandered the plantation, probably lost it by gambling. Wow, bitch. <laughs> but most likely it was just too much in debt for him to hold on. So some people say he probably gambled away. And other people say it just really was hard times because I'm guessing um, it's like 1880, so like slavery was about over at this time. It was sharecropping, of course. Mm -hmm. All those big plantation old money can really pay these poor African Americans. Yeah, right. Yeah, they can't do it, and they probably don't want to do it, so they all went bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, but he kept it. So then they sold it to. Oren D. Brooks, ending his family's ownership. He kept it until 1889, but after a series of trim purchases purchased by Harrison Milton Williams, a Mississippi willer who brought his young son and second wife, Fanny Lintoth Harrelson, to hmm. 1899. Fanny. Anyway, Entered during the Civil War, in which he served as a 15-year-old Confederate cavalry courier. He planted cotton and gained a reputation as a hardworking, industrious man. He and his family, which grew and grew seven children, kept around going with the hard times post-war South. But tragedy soon strike the Myrtles again. Because the house is damned. Anyway, go on. <laughs> During a storm, the Williams' oldest son, Harry, was trying to gather up some stray cattle and fell into the Mississippi and drowned. Well, Shut why during a storm, dummy? <laughs> but you have to get the cattle. Bitch, let the cattle good die. dollars on that. You should buy, buy. Yes, did you know what ten dollars in that day? Like a thousand, probably. Yes, I mean, if one of the Listen, if somebody it. could get somebody fake someone through college with that money. <laughs> anyway, go on. So then, shadow with grief, Harrison and Fanny turn over their mansion to the father to their son, Sergeant Minor Williams. He later married a local gal named. Jesse Folks and provided home at the Myrtle for a spinster sister and maiden aunt Katie. Sickly called the Colonel behind her back, Katie was a true Southern character. Eccentric, kind, but with a gruff exterior. She kept interesting at the house. She kept mm -hmm. life interesting, so I'm guessing yes. she would probably be like the modern day woman. Probably very butch, thinking yeah. I'm eccentric, kind, and I'm single. Yeah, that's right, and I'm glad. <laughs> Oh, sure, you're expensive, but by the 1950s, the property surrounding the house had been divided among William Hares, and the house itself was sold to Marjorie Munson, an Oklahoma widow who's been made wealthy by chicken farms. So it's at this point they say that the ghost stories of the house began. They started innocently enough, assuming which may have been in real life, ghostly occurrence of their own. Mm. Well, one of which was the story of Chloe, which is one of the most famous ones about the ghost. So it said it was a vengeful slave who murdered the wife and two daughters of Clark Woodruff in a fit of jealous anger. Ooh. So the story just starts. Why can't she just be like pissed because she's a slave? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I don't care about you or your, your white supremacist dick. I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> okay. okay, so they said the troubles that led to this haunting started about 1817 where Sarah Matilda married Clark Woodruff. Sir Matilda had given birth to two daughters, Carrie a third, when an event took place that still haunts the Myrtles today. Walters have a reputation in the region for integrity with men and with the law, but also known for being very promiscuous. While his wife was pregnant with her third child, he started an intimate relationship with one of his slaves. Oh. 
This so he's a whore. Okay, yes. go on. <laughs> was named Chloe, was a household servant. I, in other words, house slave. So she was a high yellow house slave. Okay, go on. Well, she hated being forced to give wood to herself and then realized that if she didn't comply, she'd be sent to work in the fields, of course, which is the most slaves' brutal work. I'm thinking, okay. all right, high yellow girl, you can get with me. My wife ain't getting me any. Or you want to go in the slave? <laughs> I mean, I'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, he kind of grew tired of Chloe and chose another girl to force himself on. Yeah, Chloe feared the word, sure, that she was going to get sent to the field, and she began eavesdropping the wardress family. Private conversation, dreading hearing the mention of her name. One day, the judge caught her at this moment and ordered that one of her ears get cut off to teach her a lesson and put her in her place. After that, she always wore a green turban around her head to hide the ugly scar the knife left behind. Hmm. But what happened next? It's really not clear. Mm-hmm. Some play what occurred was done so that the family would get sick, and then Chloe could nurse them back to health and earn the judge's gratitude. In this way, she would be safe from ever being sent to the fields. Others say her motives were not so pure. That what she did was only for one reason only: revenge. Yes. For some for some reason, I mean, obviously because she's slaying whatever, she put a small <laughs> amount of poison to a birthday cake that was made. In honor of Woodruff's oldest daughter, mixed with flour and sugar and a handful of crushed oleander flowers. Two children, Sarah and Matilda, each had a slice of poison cake, but Woodruff didn't eat anything. Before the end of the day, all of them were very sick. Chloe patiently attended to the knees, never realizing if it was an accident that she gave them too much in poison. In a matter of hours, all three of them were dead. Oh, well. <laughs> so she killed all of them, and thinking either thinking... Of course, so there's two different mindsets. You think, hey, I can probably nurse these white people back to health and they'll be very grateful for me. Mm-hmm. Or die, bitch, die. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, they died. The yeah. other slaves, perhaps afraid that their owner would punish them, also dragged Chloe from her room and hanged her from a nearby tree. God damn it. <laughs> so you, oh yeah, this light high yellow girl gonna get us all killed. <laughs> Little bitch, why couldn't we just all team up together and kill him? Okay, but then they have guns. We don't have shit. Well, we just poison them again. Bitch, get on the train. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) We're not going to live free. Anyway, go on. (laughs) So, her body was later cut down, laid with the rocks, and thrown in the river. Woodruff closed off the children's dining room where the party was held and never allowed to be used again as long as he lived. Tragically, his life was cut short a few years later by the murder. (laughs) <laughs> the room where the children were poisoned never again been used for dying. It's called the game room today. Since her death, the ghost of Chloe had been reported at the murder was eventually accidentally photographed by a past owner. The place who still sells picture postcards today with a cloudy image that's supposedly be Chloe. Today, in between the two buildings, the former slave thought to be the most frequently encountered ghost of the murder thought to have been seeing her green turban wandering the place at night. Sometimes the cries of children accompany her appearance, and at other times those are sleeping and start away by her face, peering at them from the side of the bed. Hmm. Neat. <laughs> so, is Chloe real? I can see how she is a very vengeful spirit, because, yeah, I'll be pissed off, too. I would be pissed off if I was raped, and then somebody tried to throw me away, and then cut my ear off, and then hung me from a tree. <laughs> Well, I guess well, co-worker who gets fell said we do that. Mm-hmm. Super pissed. Anyway, go on. <laughs> okay. So, some people say the story does exist with Chloe. Some people say there are alternative theories. Yeah. 
One is that the Myrtles was owned by a very wealthy widow, Marjorie Munson, who heard some of the local stories that got and started about odd things happening in the house. When people at the old mansion might be hot fiesta around, that's why the legend clearly got started. According to the granddaughter, Lucille Walsh and her aunt used to talk about the ghost of an old woman who haunts the Myrtles and wore a green bonnet. They also laughed about it and became a family story. She was never given a name. In fact, the ghost with the green bonnet from the story described as an old woman, never a young slave who might be involved in an affair. Regardless, some repeated the story to the Williams family ghost, Munson, and soon became a song about the ghost of Myrtle, a woman in a green beret. Mm-hmm. Raspberry beret. Anyway, go. <laughs> so the story goes on throughout the years. The Myrtles changed hands several times with different people like by this plantation. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sometimes the story changes like severed year, and then the poison was watching just started to pass on word of mouth. But I, well, me personally, I guess me just being biased. I think it probably was a slave that was pissed off about getting her ear cut off and being raped. Yeah, same. <laughs> same energy girl <laughs> I too would poison a cake but I would make sure that bitch and an owner ate it <laughs> I'd feed it to him personally in his lap if I had to death of Sarah Matilda her daughters and Chloe was alleged that many of his other 60 have been killed in the house one of them Lewis Stone the oldest son Ruffin was alleged to have been stabbed to death in the house over a gambling debt however royal records they say he died from yellow fever I think that's just what you what they want you to think. Exactly. They just don't want you. They want to sell that house, so they lied. <laughs> they people do that shit all the time. <laughs> he died of yellow fever, not of gambling debts. Not of gam not of being stabbed to death several times. Oh, can we see the body? No. <laughs> Why do you need to see brood? Disrespectful to the dead. No. <laughs> Alright, who else died? Yes. See another murder allegedly occurred in nineteen twenty. 1927, when a caretaker at the house was supposedly killed during a robbery. Once again, no records of the crime has been an incident of this. The only event come to a close was when it was spawned. The story occurred when the brother of Fanny Williams, Eddie Harrelson, was living in a small house on the property. He was killed during a robbery, but this didn't occur in the May house, the story states. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that whole area just might be haunted. They're just really just drawn to this house. Yeah, because there's other ghosts. They want to hang out with their ghost friends. <laughs> One man was killed, and a lot of them were killed by natural causes. I mean, so far, people don't believe that Coley's a myth. I think it's probably real, because I'm guessing if you're a slave. I would haunt that place, too. Shit, no one will rest. Okay? Uh, I'm angry. So, some people say it was. Like, this one guy, Francis Myers, claimed that he encountered the ghost in the Green Terminal in 1987. Mm -hmm. She was asleep in one of the downstairs bedrooms when she was wakened suddenly by a black woman wearing a Green Terminal and a long dress. She was standing suddenly by the bed, holding a candlestick in her hand. She was so real that the candle even gave up a soft glow. Knowing nothing about ghosts, Myers was terrified and pulled the covers over her head and started screaming. Then she slowly peeked out and reached out a hand to touch her, which never moved. And to her amazement, the operation vanished. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, so there were some say that she was photographed, the resulting style of the woman, but doesn't have to the description of a young woman like Holly had been. And back when more like an older woman described by the William family, could this be a real ghost? I think there could be multiple ghosts. I mean, yeah, why not? One being Chloe with the green turban around her ear. That is a black woman. Or at least there's multiple black women. Doesn't have to be named Chloe. Yeah, they don't have to be Chloe. They can just be multiple black women. And then maybe, you know how, like, people will, like, fill in blanks in their memory. Like, so she probably reported this story because... 
they she heard about Chloe and she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's who I saw. She had a green turban on. Like yeah. it could be possible that it was just an old black older black slave apparition that she saw and she was just like she was like, Oh, I can't but that sounds right. So, you know. Yeah, and they said in all likelihood the infamous Chloe never existed. I mean she did. Historical records prove that Sarah Matilda and her children were never murdered by dying from disease. Said a ten murders in the house, only one occurred with William Guy, and he certainly didn't stagger off the staircase the second he stepped out the stories of his footsteps. But such tales belong in the middle of Dick Nine, the Chronicle of one of the most haunted rooms in America, uh, most haunted house in America. The house may really be haunted by the ghost of a woman in a green turban or bonnet. The Williams family has ongoing tale about it will may be a story that we never meant to be told outside the family. The story spread nonetheless. They admit that while the ghosts apparently did exist, no identity was ever given to her. It's also very likely that something unusual was going on at the Myrtles when Marjorie Munson lived there, which has led to seeking answers and to her first introduction to the ghost in the green headdress. Did she see the ghost? Who knows? Mother claim they have. But it's also built on a Native American ground. Listen, let's be real. I feel like everything in Louisiana is haunted. I said that. But I feel like all plantations are probably haunted. Let's be yeah. real. Like, you killed countless like people there what do you think like they're just not going to be haunted by any <laughs> pissed off so. they're all pissed off like it was like when they tried to build that what are they trying to build on top of a slave uh oh yeah graveyard yeah i think it was trying to build like either part of like a school mm-hmm. and like they were like nah fam you can't the slaves will haunt the school like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no like you can't build on top of people's grave sites like that's gonna piss them off i would haunt your ass too if you build on yeah. top of my grave i don't think necessarily it's Chloe, but if he was really promiscuous, I'm pretty sure that might be a lot of ghosts, like of like house slaves coming in there. Yeah, it could be a like a, you know like a legion type thing. Like we are legion, we are all of the women that he yes. slept with mm. or women. raped, mm, yes. basically. So mm. I, everybody knows that I believe in ghosts and I don't fuck with them. Yes. Okay, have you had any ghost experience? Um, I've never like like. I've never had, like, a ghost experience where I'll see somebody in, like, real, like, good detail. But I do see, like, shadow, like, figures or whatever. Like, I used to see this man pacing my hallway. My parents were like, that's Jesus. And I'm like, mm, are you sure? <laughs> Why is Jesus pacing my hallway? <laughs> Why doesn't Jesus just come up to me and talk to me directly? That's all I'm saying. So, I don't know. That was when I was younger, though. So, and they say the kids are way more attuned to, like, the world around them. Like, the realms that are, mm-hmm. like, separate, like, the physical realm and the spiritual realm. They're way more it's blurred for them so they see ghosts and stuff like that a lot or they see other entities so and then as we grow older we get cynical and shit and we don't see shit anymore but (laughs) i do still think that they exist it was like the time we went on a ghost tour oh yeah in new orleans and we were trying to capture the the images of a ghost in a old pharmacy yeah so yeah I mean, one experience with ghost stories, like, I went back to a family reunion in Barbados, and they were renting out this giant, like, plantation home owned by this white people, I think, I don't know, I think the dad's, like, a cardiologist, either in Canada or America, I forgot which one, and I remember it was, like, one of the last days before we left back to go to the U.S., I was just sleeping, and, and then something woke me up, I just saw, like, a tall figure at the, t- at the end of my bed, Mm-hmm. And I thought nothing of it. 
And then I tried to go back to sleep again. I just felt like something just touched my cheek. Mm-hmm. Woke up and it was nothing. I'm thinking I was freaking out. I'm thinking I need to know more about this house. Don't know what it is about the house, but yeah, it's the closest thing I had to a ghost experience. Well, it's a plantation, so it's probably a black man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to take a quick break? Yes. And we'll be back. <gasps> and we're back. All right. It's time for the Reddit relationships. And the first one we have is, I found out, I, 31-year-old female, found out that my boyfriend, 39-year-old male, and a piece of shit of three years has divorced his ex. All right. So this one's actually pretty short. All right. So I can probably read most of it. All right. So. Her boyfriend and I, and then, the, or whatever, I'm going to read from her perspective. My boyfriend and I have known each other for four years. We started dating about three years ago after I broke up with my ex. We lived together for a year. He's a great guy, and I've never been so much in love. Oh, how nice. Since we started dating, I've met his friends, parents, and daughter. She's 11. And he introduced me as his girlfriend. Everything was fine until now. Yesterday, he was at work, and I had a date off. He forgot some papers and texted me asking... To find them inside his desk drawer and send him a copy. Well, while looking for the papers he asked for, I accidentally found another one dated this February. And it definitely states that he's still married to another woman. Mm. I knew he'd been married, but actually I thought he was divorced for at least eight years. He lived separately from his wife since 2010. He never even mentioned her. A few months ago, his parents asked if we were going to marry. I feel really lost. I don't know how to react. Should I talk to him about it? How? Um, edit, I'm not, oh, well, no, it doesn't matter, girl, it doesn't matter if you're not a native speaker, so basically, yes, he's, she's dated this man for two years, and he hasn't divorced her ex, his ex, what should she do, girl, break up with his ass, sorry, I said that all in one breath, yeah. really fast, break yeah, up I'm with thinking, his ass. yeah, I mean, if you didn't communicate something that major in a relationship, and you guys have been for three years, I don't think it's gonna handle it long term, mm-hmm. well, I mean, what if you guys get married, and then separate, and then there's another girl in the picture, yeah, it's not a good look. And then even so, like, he knew he couldn't marry you. His ass is already married. Like, <laughs> like so the fact that, and then, like, also you have to wonder, like, about his parents. Like, why are they asking her if they're going to get married? Do they not know that he's not, like, divorced from his ex-wife? Yeah. That's so weird. Like, so not only, like, so you have to think about it this way. Not only is he lying to you because a lie, like, not telling somebody, a lie by omission is still a lie. Yeah, it's a lie by deception. A lie by deception. He didn't tell you that he was, hell, that he was still married. Um, He didn't even mention her. Um, And he supposedly didn't tell his parents that he's still married because... Like, mm. I don't want to assume his parents are terrible people and they're like, oh, are you getting married? When they already know that he hasn't finalized a divorce or even t- even filed for a divorce. We don't even know if he filed for one. Being separated is not the same as being divorced. Yeah. Okay, being separate is like, oh, well, I live in another house and she lives in another house, but I can still go over and fuck her anytime I want. Like, <laughs> if I want to, like, you know, like, knock, 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 here I am, here's his dick. Like, <laughs> he can literally do that anytime he wants, like they're still married like being separated is not that's like that's like that stupid friends episode where like rachel and what's his face were like we were on a break like that's that you're they're on a break like they can still do whatever they please okay so 
he hasn't filed for divorce, supposedly, unless he's also not telling you that either. So, like, he, this man just seems like a liar, okay? And do you really want to be in a relationship with a liar? Like, if he's lying about something this big, who knows what else he's lying to you about? Like, oh, has he lied to you about, um, like, you know, uh, something else that's super big? Like, I don't even, I can't even think of something right now, but... Are those even his real parents? Is that his real daughter? What I mean, is the let's truth? Let's say something like financial, because you right. know, finance and thinking, yeah, I have like this giant debt, student loan debt or car debt. Thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a pretty fucking big debt. Yeah, like some, like well, he could lie to you about how much his assets are or something. Like, oh, I have this much in the bank. You don't know that. Like, he could be lying about that. It's not. That's just one step. If it was a small thing, it would be different. But this is a huge fucking thing to not tell yeah. someone. So, girl, drop his ass. Um, no, don't talk to him about it either. I wouldn't. I'd be all like, so, your wife. Uh, and that's all I would say. And I would just drop the papers in his lap and be all like, so, I'm leaving now. Bye. Like, be like that girl that ghosted that guy on their anniversary when she found out he was fucking another girl. Just leave all of the whatever like just leave whatever is his take all your shit don't say anything move cities change your phone number (laughs) everything so that's all i'm saying i would not even give that man the time of day um do you have any closing thoughts belmars yeah i'm just thinking it's probably not worth it and i'm thinking yeah, um, just save you some heartbreak down the road. I'm thinking like ninety percent of just break up. Yeah, girls, just just break up with him. Okay, well I got one. That's my girlfriend. She's twenty one. He's twenty two. Has been lying about where she's been the past week and stayed on until three a.m. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Hey guys, I've been with the same girl for three years now. She's been going out, leaving at my bedtime to go hang out with this new friend of hers from work. Great, right? <laughs> Everyone loves new friends. She's been telling me she lives in this part of town, but I know she's five, mi- five miles away in a different part of town. I've gotten a little paranoid these past couple of nights, and I snapchatted her. When she replies, only via text, hasn't sent me a single pic or video snap, which is totally a little fishy here, too. Her Snapchat avatar pops up on the map. It's five miles away from the part of town that she's been telling me she's been going at the same location every night. So my concern is, how do I bring this up? Hey, I know you've not been going where you said you were because I snapped and your after pops up in a different location where you said you were going. What are you actually doing? This sounds hella snaky and a little creepy to me, but hey, I use Snapchat to confirm a little suspicion. I've never been the type to stress or not trust, but I have a weird feeling with her going out every night so late. I'm very easily going, but a real gut feeling this time. So when here I am, lying in bed has to be working 5.5 air hours, and I can't sleep because all I'm thinking she cheating on me. Mm-hmm. Any advice how to approach this? Too long, didn't read. Girlfriend's been going out with new friend from work every night at super late, but has like about uh, but has lied about where it is. I found out through Snapchat, and now I can't sleep. I'm trying to figure out how to approach the situation tomorrow. Okay, well, um. My, like, I like to, like, reiterate this. A lot of people like to say, like, women's intuition. I feel like that's very limiting to men because I feel like men have intuition. They're just not bred to listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, if you have a solid gut feeling that this girl is cheating on you, she probably is. Yeah. Um, Like, like, 
there's like 85% <laughs> chance that she is. I mean, if she's, and it seems like it's obvious cheating too, if we're going to go by your yeah. story, because you're saying that this new friend, she's obviously told you about her. Um, oh, you know no. where she lives. She's five miles in a totally different direction than, you know, the way that your girlfriend is going. Like why? And you could easily, so you might be able to explain that away. Like, oh, we just went this other direction, the two of us. But, like, why is your Snapchat showing up five miles from where you said you're going to be? Like, um, and then why would you lie about that if you're not trying to hide something? Um, So, I'm sorry. Like, the way you should approach this, um, honestly, like, just, like, ask her. Like, ask her, like, just ask her where she's been. Like, where have you been? And if you got to, like, look at that body language. Yeah. It's very important. Like, if she's, like, avoiding the question or she's not looking you in the eye or she's, like, her, like, she's fidgeting, her hands aren't, like, staying all in the same place or she's trying to hide them or she's trying to, like, you got to look at that body language to figure out, like, what's actually going on because, boy. I'm just saying like so I mean my other like totally terrible solution is just a stalker where (laughs) don't do that though yeah don't do that that's hella paranoid or you can get a PI but that's also cost money and it's hella paranoid yeah so So. one person I can see why most people aren't listening to you but before you just straight up accuse her ask her to introduce this person to you Find a date in a place and invite them. If you do this once or twice, there's always an excuse and they start pulling around the idea of her cheating. I know your emotions are all over the place, but try and calm them down and think rationally. If you attack her by asking the question, she isn't cheating, then you just broke trust in the relationship. That will cause problems in the relationship that happened to a buddy of mine. Try avoid. Try to avoid that. I'm just thinking, hey, so you want to hang out with your friend? I want to hang out with your friend, too. Yeah, like, when am I going to meet her? Like, that's a, that's or a him. good... Or him. Well, like, you know how men are with male friends. Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, when am I going to meet them? Like, I, let's hang out. Like, y'all go, what place do y'all go to? I'll meet you over there or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Like, be like, oh, what place do y'all go to? I'll meet you over there. Yeah. Like, and then if she gives you a place and she's not there, obviously that's like, brr, clue number one, red flags. But, I still stick with the thing that you need to trust your intuition. Do I think you should outright be like, are you cheating on me? No. no. But I do think you need to ask her, like, ask her some questions about, like, oh, where do you go every, like, where do you go? Like, where'd you go tonight? Or, like, try not to be so confrontational. Right. Like, hey, That's you know. weird because we're confrontational. Like, <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, kind of going, like, are you cheating on me, bitch? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> don't, don't do that shit. But, like, I mean... Unless you already know. Like, you like you only come with you have, like, that if you have receipts. Like, oh, are you cheating on me, bitch? And she's like, no. Well, here's some pictures I have of you with this bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a liar. 
<laughs> yeah, because a lot of people saying in the comments thinking, yeah, there's not much females will probably like ditch their boyfriend to go at 3 a.m. with their girlfriends. Because I can't really imagine it from my point of view. Why would I go at like 3 a.m. to hang out with a female friend? Yeah, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love Belmars, but I'm asleep at 3 a.m. <laughs> why? Where am I going? What is open at 3 a.m.? That's also something you can think about. Like, what is open in the area at 3 a.m.? Mostly, like, clubs and, like, right. bars. I think the latest we ever stayed was, like, 12, and that's because we're walking around New Orleans, uh-huh. and it was, like, after. But, yeah, at 3 a.m., just hanging out. Yeah. yeah, I don't imagine that. Exactly, yeah. Like, so that's one of the things you can do. You can, like, just kind of brush up on your facts. Like, if you know where she is, like, the area that she's in, you look up what places are open at 3 a.m. in the morning, and then you narrow it down from there, like, based on her... Like, if you want to do some real detective work shit about it, like, you do that. And, um, like, and, like, like I said, just, like, ask her, like, oh. And that way, if you do the detective work, then you ask her, oh, where have you been? And she lies and says something like, oh, the bookstore. Like, bitch, bookstores don't open at three. <laughs> yeah, the open, the latest they stay open is, like, nine o'clock at night. Okay, so I'm, I'm not sure if they live in the same place. Because if they do, I'm going to look up, because if they live in the same apartment, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang out with some friends. That's just out. weird. Who gets up at 3 a.m. to go out? Like, it's one thing to stay out till 3 a.m. Like, if he had said, oh, like, she and her friend are going out at, like, 11 at night, and then she stays out till 3, I would have been like, okay fine i guess but i still would have been like that's a club like yeah, a club i think the only time i ever stayed that late is like probably like a concert i went with my so mm-hmm. but yeah even though that was late and i stayed at his place for that night but still it's just kind of like what y'all going to concerts every night i don't believe it like yeah. <laughs> Girl, like, I looked up the concert schedule in the area. There ain't that many concerts happening. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm thinking, what is so important that you do at 3 a.m. you can't do during the day? That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Like, what? why can't y'all hang out, like, during the day, like, after work, like, normal people? <laughs> I'm just saying, it seems hella fishy. And you you have intuition for a reason, like, trust your gut. Or get a tarot reader to tell you I'm <laughs> This is bitch cheating. <laughs> yes, the cards say yes. So, yeah, just like, just, I mean, don't ask her if she's cheating, but just ask her, like, when am I going to be your friend? Like, when you're your friend and what are you doing at 3 a.m.? Because I'm thinking you could probably do something in a restaurant or do like, club and especially like if she doesn't invite you out with them at 3 a.m like why are you changing times for me i just wanted to i just want to hang out with you guys at your regular place or whatever so yeah. that's a good way for you to figure it out too if you're like oh can i yeah, yeah can i come to your regular place like is it- yeah i'm just thinking probably be casual don't be like on the attack just thinking hey they just come by you know, it would just be cool if we just hang out mm-hmm. just probably make it low-key and, you know, Polly just don't snap at her. I'm just thinking, I'm just kind of suspicious because just notice that you just text me, Snapchat, just nothing there. I'm just just curious there, babe. <laughs> so I just figured, oh, okay, like, let me go see what y'all are doing at three in the morning. Fun times. 
Yeah, so with good luck, man, like, I can't yeah. imagine it. Hopefully you bookmark to see if there's any follow-up. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to do one more or you want to wrap it up? Okay, if you can find a short one. Oh, let me see a short one. Mmm. What? Okay. Somebody's a terrible listener. Hmm. A terrible listener. Should I be jealous? My boyfriend would rather masturbate than have sex with me. Wow. Me um, personally, short answered yes. <laughs> same girl. They've been going out. Okay, let me skim through this. They've been going out two years. They're in love. Best relationship. Besides one thing. They've both put on weight, I think. And she's putting a bit more than him. Um... When our relationship started, we had intercourse every night. Yeah, girl, that's normal. Like, um, we always found time, um, except when she's on a period, whatever, that's also normal. Um, they've been, the sex life has declined in the past year. It started as once a week, then once every two weeks, and I was okay with that for a while. But now they thought of, but now it's been about once a month or two months. Girl, I brought the topic up a few months back and asked him if he saw me attractive and why he didn't want to have sex with me as much. And he said, when we have sex, sometimes it hurts him because I'm heavy bitch and he didn't want to say anything because he didn't want to hurt my feelings and he loves me very much though this is still going on i've been working on my way but i still get very hurt about the subject because there are numerous ways to have sex for plus size partners and i've offered to give him head with no possibility but of course he still refuses or will say maybe later and it'll never happen i know this isn't a sex drive because i know he masturbates three to four times a week when she either goes to bed or leaves for work it upsets me because i'm always willing to give head or have sex and he chooses to get off from other girls on the internet now, when we do have sex, it's always in the back of my mind that he must be really talking, taking one for the team. He is a really good guy, and I know he loves me, and I love him. Anyways, I love to hear what people think. Am I overreacting? How should I go about handling this? Too long to read. My boyfriend and I put on weight, because, and because of this, I guess I, it hurt him having sex. My apologies, my boyfriend would rather masturbate than have any form of sex with me. Bitch. First of all, what? Your ass is getting fat, too. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just thinking probably... Maybe both of you guys will probably start scheduling, like, workout dates. Yeah, workout dates. You know, it's kind of hot sometimes when people are all sweaty and, like, you know, you feel you're on, like, a high. Like, you're high from working out. And it's just like, oh, my God, babe, let me rip off your like, clothes or something. Yeah, I mean, you work out, have sex. Because I guess one of my goals besides working out and, um, <clears throat> I mean, probably improve my sex life once I'm trying to work out once late. I mean, I'm just lucky that my boyfriend loves me at whatever size. Because yeah. I remember I gained some weight while we're dating. But he still likes me and my nice fat ass. So. That's right, girl. Shake it. <laughs> all I'm saying is that, like, how are you going to be all like, it hurts when we have sex? We So just change position, bitch. Like, I mean, there's other positions you can try. There's a whole Kama Sutra for this shit, okay? Maybe you can't do some of the more advanced, flexible-ass moves, like, oh, the girl is, like, doing the splits or some shit in midday. <laughs> but, like, you can still do, like, doggy style or something. I or... mean, I'm guessing... Well, I guess it could be an issue because if his penis is too small since it's over his gut and her butt is too big unless she, like, bends all the way over. So. Find some way to work it out. I'm sorry. Like, it just seems like this guy has, like, basically given up because of, like, he won't think of creative ways to, like, have sex. And that's the worst, too. Like, cool, yeah. you love him and he loves you, but he's not pleasing you sexually, okay? And that... It's not the most important thing, but it's still important. 
okay? And he like he all he cares about is himself because he still gets he still mad. Which girl likes to masturbate? Shit, get a toy yes. or something. Like okay, um, bring some toys in bed. You room. know what? Do it in on in the open just so his bitch ass can see. <laughs> get like a bigger dildo than what he has. Get one of those like what is it called? Oh, the one where like it has the abs and the <laughs> and, and ride the hell out of that thing. Do it like on purpose when you know he's gonna come home soon, just so he can catch you doing that shit. <laughs> Piss him right the fuck off. Um. Oh, what else? What else can you do? Shit, you'll probably be able to give yourself better orgasms than he can anyway. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So. Like, give him a, a taste of his own medicine um, because, like, he wouldn't communicate with you about yeah. why. Like, he just slacked off during sex, made excuses, and then be like, oh, it's because you've gotten fat and, I, and it hurts. Okay, well, yeah, bitch. I mean, I'm thinking that if the only issue is your sex life, I'm just thinking, okay, then make sure you pleasure yourself because I'm guessing he's probably sexually frustrated and you're probably sexually frustrated but I'm thinking both of you guys gain weight probably find a compromise thinking hey babe we can probably work out together exactly like like communicate people like know what you want out of something like you do not have to just like if you're the only one willing to make a compromise on this then that's like I'm sorry, I'd break up with his ass. Like, <laughs> that's my, like, that's my, like, that's my solution for everything. Like, it's just like, because it's, it's, it's true. Like, if he's not going to compromise with you, like, now, like, when, because nobody, let's be honest, nobody is going to stay the same for the rest of their life. You're going to yeah. grow old. Like, these, this is not the only complication you're going to go through. Like, you're probably also going to gain weight, especially if you want children. Yeah. Like, your body is not going to be the same after you have children. Like, uh, you're not going to look the same in 10, 15 years that you yeah. looked when you first got together. You're getting, you're old, your joints are going to start messing up. You're, uh, you're going to have back problems. You're yeah. probably um, going to have some other health problem that you're going to have to work around. So if he's not willing to work around something that's, like fixable then what is he gonna do when your knees are gonna give out one day during sex he's just gonna be like oh well i guess i'm gonna have to use my hand and then his fucking wrist is probably gonna break and then what the fuck is he gonna do then that's all i'm saying like you have to make sacrifices and compromises in a relationship and if he's not willing to do that or even communicate that hey there's something wrong that's why i don't want to have sex with you as often like this is what we should do to fix it then you don't need to be with his ass he's not mature enough to be in a relationship with yeah. i'm sorry i'm no nonsense about this shit like you like if you suggest like oh let's like do something to fix this and he's just kind of like no like he's not gonna then you need to dump his baby ass and move on bye mm -hmm. so i'm thinking yeah that's um sex is really a big issue i'm thinking if he isn't really working on it thinking hey, maybe both of us can lose weight, but he's not really up for it. Because I know guys can lose weight faster than women. Yeah. Thinking, yeah, it's probably not worth it. I'm thinking yeah. probably you have to really sit down and have a serious heart-to-heart. -heart, and I'm guessing, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they're two living together, but if they are, I'm thinking something you probably need to talk about, not yeah. just, like, live with. Because I'm thinking either way you can get frustrated because yeah. I'm afraid... 
in the relation, let's say, huh, I can probably just go start branching out and go with women that like chubby guys. Exactly. Like, that's, like, like, if you keep this bottled up and you don't, like, talk about it and you don't bring it up or whatever, like, first of all, you're working out, like, for him and that's not good anyway. You shouldn't base, like, anything that you do on another person you should do these things for yourself so you already feel bad while you're working out okay like this is not just about your physical health like you cannot get better physically if mentally you're not in the right headspace so if he's like he's like oh i didn't want to hurt your feelings well you're hurting my feelings right now because you didn't tell me and then you let her sex like slack off so now i've got this thing in the back of my which she said now in the back of her head she's like oh he must really be taking one for the team because he decided to have sex with me today. Like, you've now given her a complex. And yeah. how is she going to get over that um, if you won't, like, you're not willing to do anything to, like, help along your relationship? So, like, I'm sorry. The more I talk about this, the more I'm like, you're trash. <laughs> I guess from a man's perspective, you think they have one time for an, one more? I mean, sure, why not? Hell, do okay. it. My partner, 22 female, and I have conflicting career goals, and I'm worried considerably in the relationship. Mm-hmm. The issue has come up with us before, but it's real, reality setting in for me. My partner is starting a career in human resources in our home state. I was born one city over, but moved here around the age of four. Mm-hmm. And has recently made it clear to me that he picked this career field to maximize employability in this day if she had no desire nor plans to leave. Majority of her family lives within an hour of each other, and there seems to be a degree of hostile treatment when people talk about leaving this area. Hmm. I am starting a career in fundraising at a local college, but because our, stat, um, our state lacks a lot of opportunities in the area of the field that I want to specialize in, data records, mm-hmm. moving for work is not unheard of, if, a, if, a, if not a requirement, especially at the regional level. Mm-hmm. In our last chat, she said she would not want to move as it would require her to start from scratch in whatever state we move to regarding employment laws, and she would to see me stay at home, dad. Um, would see me as a stay-at-home dad, hands-on type of father. Should things get farther? Well, I'm honestly not sure if I want to put my career on hold and just give give up on them. I feel like I'm at an impasse. But are there other options? How should I approach this in a way where I make it clear that I want to find a solution that doesn't involve us going to separate ways? Too long to read. Should I find a way to compromise about our career goals to prevent the end of relationship? Is that even possible? Well, it seems like this is the exact opposite. She's not making any concessions. Like, she's all like, I'm not moving out of the state. Like, it's not happening or even on this area. I don't care what your career goals are and if this is something you're really passionate about or whatever. And um, I want you to be stay-at-home dad. All, which would be three strikes for me, like, bitch, you're out. <laughs> like, first of all, do not presume to tell me or that you're important enough to tell me that, um like you better stay here and be a stay at home whatever like if i if you don't find a job like uh bitch i'm moving like (laughs) i'm moving okay i don't put my dreams or careers on hold for anybody and to ask that of me is ridiculous now at the same time i don't think that it's fair of him to ask her to move either if that's but she said human resources bitch you could be human resources anywhere (laughs) you really could like human resources is the most abundant job on the planet like you could literally move to any except maybe a small hick-ass town you can move to literally any area and be in human resources like if he really wants to be in data and records is it really going to kill you so much to move away from your family yeah maybe not even that far away 
Maybe you need to get away from your family. Shit, you sound controlling, okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, like branch out and do something different, okay? But I'm what I'm really pissed about is the fact that she's like, oh, I would love to see you be a stay at home dad. Like, okay, but cool, I don't want to be one. Like, <laughs> like why would you even ask that as somebody? Like, that's especially if you've been together a while and you know what their goals are. Like, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Um. I don't know. Can you think of, like, a compromise that can come to? Because I can't right now. Well, the only thing I can think of is probably, like, long distance. But I'm thinking at this point, well, she's 22 and he's 25. That's you. <laughs> so, I'm thinking it's probably... Because I'm not sure if he's going to move immediately. Because he said... Um, he said um, about two years, three years tops is when he's going to move to a new state to probably start his new career. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that was two or three years, thinking probably have a serious heart. I'm thinking, listen, I, this is what I want to do. I mean, sure. I mean, they're already talking about kids, but I probably don't want to be a stay-at-home dad because I have careers and ambitions I want to do. Yeah, and on top of that, like we've said so many times on this show, dual-income households are, like, a must now. Like, you, I'm sure you can make bank in human resources if you're, like, the head of human resources or something, but, like... It's always better to have that that other person have a career as a fallback just in case somebody decides to get crazy at your job and fire you. <laughs> like, that's all I'm saying. Like, yes. so, and of course, resentment will grow mm-hmm. yes. if one of you gives it up. And I'm just thinking, okay, then, since she said she's human resources, I'm not sure what the difference in law between the different states and human resources. I guess it might be different. Mm. so some people say one person mentioned that it kind of doesn't pass the smell test that certain laws are different for human resources yeah that makes no sense why would human resources not be at least mostly standardized across all states like what what do you have to know differently in montana that you can't take to louisiana or something so one person i suspect her reason for not wanting to leave or not really job related as much as family related yeah. So I'm guessing this is because she's part of like a family business as an HR person. Because I understand as a family business, as a small business, you can probably like have wiggle room unless you have to get like certified for certain things. Hmm. So I'm thinking it might be like a flag to my end the relationship. I'm just thinking, I'm not sure how you want to end this because we understand like you want to move to another state. I mean, since you're going to move in two, three years, maybe there might be something that open up. For data and records in your state, but I mean, do you really? She, I'm sorry, like she just doesn't sound like it. Really, to be honest, it sounds like you're both being stubborn, but she's being way more stubborn than you are. Yeah, I and think at this point, it's really not they're both stubborn, but both. I just, I think it's a sign of incompatibility between yeah, the two. Yeah, like you, you. You don't have the same values, obviously, it seems like, because she wants one thing of you that you don't want to fulfill, and you're asking something of her that she doesn't want to fulfill or even entertain the idea of. So, I mean, listen, you will find somebody else to love, fam, okay? I always say this, okay? Soulmates, to me, like, the definition of it is anybody that is thrust in your life for a reason. So you have, like, millions of soulmates. Belinda is my platonic soulmate. 
<laughs> um, but like they they serve a purpose in your life. Like I've been like um infatuated with many men, okay? Yeah. Like and but they've and like they've all in some way taught me some sort of lesson, okay? Same. Yeah, so but they're not they weren't meant I didn't make concessions for them like that I knew I wasn't supposed to make. So I think I don't know if this person is spiritual or not, but sometimes I go to this because it seems like a good way, like, you know, to you may be atheist, but whatever. Um, so my thing is like to do some soul searching. Like, do you really think that like imagine your what your life would be like if you decided to stay and compromise completely with her and be what she wanted you to be? Can you be happy in that life? Yeah, I mean, I can imagine you'll probably be like a hands-on type of father if your job is really that flexible, but mm-hmm. to be a stay-at-home dad, yeah. I don't imagine that. I mean, she may want the stay-at-home dad type, and you don't want to be a stay-at-home dad type. Yeah, so it's just like you have to, you really have to go in there and be all like, can I do this? And if you know, like, in your heart of hearts that you can't, you need to leave her because that seems like one of her values, and you can't ask, that could be her deal-breaker. You can't ask her to um break one of her deals for one of yours right so um yeah um good luck to you i'd have no really other advice for you other than to sit down have a talk and if she doesn't seem like she's gonna come around then i mean like move on like it'll be hard to get over her obviously i can't speak from personal experience because i've never been in love with somebody but like people are meant to serve a purpose in your life and she's done hers so you can learn from this what you will and will not accept from a woman so all right do you have any closing thoughts Belmars? yeah i'm just thinking um don't be a crazy white person well hopefully the college admission standard in the u.s probably needs to be changed from the ground up and i'm just thinking like all um freaking Feels like even in the medical field, they're so mm-hmm. elitist, but I can probably save the rand for medical school admissions at another time. Well, yeah, we will definitely have a healthcare rant on this show at some point soon. Um, oh, do I have any closing thoughts? Um, I maybe next time we'll talk about what Pete Davidson said on SNL about R. Kelly and the Catholic Church. If you haven't seen that, go watch it. It's, um, it's a really interesting topic to break down. So maybe next time. Um, but yeah, uh, email your questions and your uh, your problems and all of your things that you're confronting to uh, confrontation, all confrontation at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Instagram and the Twitters, Nikki Alley Muse and Lady Blurred. 94, right? Yes. Um, We love to hear your thoughts. And as always, confront all the good things in your life, good and bad. Uh, Be thankful for what you have. And um, girl, don't compromise. That's the takeaway (laughs) for this week. Like, don't compromise if you know that it's not going to work, okay? Like, use... or boy. Yes, use your intuition, all right? Um... And have a good week. All right. Yay. Bye.